Yes, coming in hot, episode seven, football played on paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by Donnie. No, Jobba. <laughs> How are you, mate? Oh, I wish I was Donnie. Welcome to Manchester, Donnie. I'm great. You're buzzing, aren't you? Oh, you <laughs> it's so good to have Donnie back. <laughs> big week, big week. Massive week. But uh, I think the talking point for everyone's slightly outside of football. So I'm not sure if you've seen uh, Spurs had their big unveiling of their Amazon Prime documentary. Um, no, tell me about it. And your hero, Jose Mourinho, the pragmatist, the special one, I think he comes across fairly well in the early sort of sneak peeks. Um, but he has a little bit of a little bit of his angry side comes out when he tells a He's listening to a recording about former manager Mauricio Pochettino, and he has a few choice words for the uh, recording. So yeah. that, that got me thinking, what's the best on-air moment that you've seen caught on camera? Yeah, well, um, this is a CCTV footage, the one I've got, um, and it happened uh, earlier, or do I want to say last, earlier last season? Um, and so what it was was um, Kalasinac, and Ozil, I don't know if you've seen this one, but oh, Ozil, Ozil's in the passenger seat of like a G-Wagon that's like rimmed up and Kolasinac is like at the passenger door. So he's outside the car. And then these two guys come up on a scooter, both wearing helmet and yeah, classic um, classic London tracksuits. Um, and one of them jumps off the back of the scooter and then starts like prodding Kolasinac, which what looks to be <laughs> described as, um, per the comments, is on YouTube, is described by um, a Harry Potter wand or a chopstick. Um, <laughs> so, so Ozil panics and slams the door and Kolasinac just like he stays real staunch and he gets prodded a few times and then he sort of shapes towards him and then these guys on the scooter like run away and the guy does a little burnout on the scooter and, and jogs on. But, yeah, so Kolasinac come out looking like a, um, <laughs> an absolute beast and Ozil um, come off looking like the coward that he is. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that, that's my one. Uh, what have you got for us? Bloody hell. Like, I, I don't think Ozil ever recovered from that. It's actually awful and we're laughing about it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my one is um, a little bit, little bit nicer. So, I'm not sure if you remember Chuck Blazer. So he was notorious for his um his love of bribes. Notorious for his body shape. His body shape and his love of bribes during his time at FIFA. So he was just a suburban soccer dad who received millions of bribes for his votes. Um and was caught on camera, he was being arrested. And Chuck Blazer is not a slight man by any means. <laughs> the, the, the US Internal Revenue Service and the FBI went out to his house to arrest him and there's footage of him trying to escape on one of those like scooters that old people have. Oh, like the mobility scooter. Yeah, like a really. mobility scooter. So it's not really – it's kind of football related, but um, oh, it brings a tear to my eye every time I see it. So did he get away on that scooter or he got, he got pinched? Um, no, sadly. I don't think Chuck's with us anymore, um, but he did not get away. Um, I don't think anyone at FIFA got away in the end, thank God. Yeah, don't feel bad for him. He lived a lavish lifestyle. So. <laughs> he, did, and he, he did, and he looked a man who lived a lavish lifestyle as well. Not that, not that I'm into body shaming, but Chuck lived well. There you go. So a couple of scooter references on the opening question for each of us. Um, we'll dive into the flavor of the pod. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to preview the first half of the Premier League teams. So A to L um, this week, and we'll save the rest for, for next week. We're going to have a look at the Nations League transfer chat. That's big. Um, and then the mailbag, of course. So we might start with the um, 
preview and we're going by alphabetical order too so stay tuned for your team or if you want to hear how bad arsenal are going to go <laughs> or might throw a jobber <laughs> um no best best fans in football arsenal so disappointing year last year eighth place finished um they had some they had what emery got the sack halfway through and they had some other off-field issues as well didn't they yeah, eighth isn't good enough for them, is it? No, no, that was a big uh, that was a big disappointment. But I think the other thing that saw, sorted itself out is their footballing department. Um, and I know there was a bit of a clean out at the end of the season with those redundancies. Um, mm. So hopefully, hopefully with those things more aligned with Edu running the ship um, a little bit tighter, they should be they should improve. Yeah, so they cleaned out all of those back staff. I think one of the main reasons was for the um, deal to bring Pepe in. So initially it looked like the, a good deal, but apparently the back end of um, his deal gets turned up um, every year. And um, and as of now and in the coming years, he's going to be costing an absolute bomb. So, yeah, they need to sort of make a decision on, on him. Are they going to keep him and um, pay those wages, which I do have a history of doing. Um, if you look at uh, Ozil or Sanchez, for example, um, or are they going to try and um, move him on? But yeah, I mean that's that's the main reason some of those back office staff got got moved on from making bad deals. But one deal that looks all right, which they bought in, was uh, William. He looks a, a good signing. Um, you can see him playing most weeks for Arsenal. Yeah, he he'd go straight into the first team, wouldn't he? I think he's I think so. yeah. tremendously underrated. Um, yeah, I think he's great. I don't know why Chelsea didn't really dig the heels in and try and keep it. Mm. Seems weird to lose him to a rival. Um, and then, are you are you brave enough to give us a prediction on on where they're going to finish, or like so a, a pass mark, or um, you know, below par, or where you think they'll finish? Probably those three. Pa- pass mark is Champions League football. Really? Um, yeah. Well, they're a big club. They need they need to be pushing that way, and they've they've yeah. put some investment into um, Gabriel. They've got William on board. They've yeah. they're trying to clean out a couple of those other bad eggs like Guendouzi, Mustafi, etc. Um, potentially bringing Danny Celebus back on loan, which is also good. Yeah. Yeah. I think pass is Champions League. I think um, like a achievement awards probably like a Europa League spot, but. It's almost a failure again. Like you want to be sort of competing with the big boys. What yeah. do you think? I think. Well, I'd probably agree. I know they want to be keeping with the big boys, but I'd probably just turn the expectations down slightly from that. So I think a pass mark would be Europa, um, sort of that sixth, seventh, fifth area. I think um, overachieving is the, the top four. Um, and I think, yeah, underachieving sort of what they did eighth and, and tenth um, in between there would be. An overachievement. Um, so yeah, I think interesting times for for Arsenal. I think Arteta's got to sort of um, move on from that first season where you know he or first half season really where he, he could do um, no wrong. And then now's the time where um, he's probably similar to Frank, where you know he's, he's had the honeymoon period and, and now they'll be expecting something something from him. But um, yeah, so Arsenal probably mid to high. Um, table for for me. So what about Villa? Um, just missed um, relegation last year and probably deserve to go down. They were rather underwhelming. But um, what are your expectations for them this season? How did Villa stay up is the question. Bad, right? Oh, I thought that was shocking. Um, it all depends on uh, Captain Jack, doesn't it? Yeah, where are you staying or going? Can they hold mm. on to Captain Jack? I think that'll be, that'll be the biggest factor. It was the biggest factor in keeping them up. Um, yeah, 
because they, they haven't really done enough in the transfer window to suggest that they're trying to do anything different. The ins is um, Maddie Cash, strong name, from uh, Nottingham Forest, and the list of outs is um, is seven deep. So, yeah, uh, I'm not sure um, what they're what they're planning or whether they're still you know in in some deals at the moment to bring some players in. But um, yeah, I mean, seven players out and and only one in. Um, you'd think that they'd be looking to do some business soon um, because I don't think that they will survive an, another season um, unless they do something. I keep harping back to that game that we saw live action where they were just so like you see him on TV and you think. Geez, they're not great. And then you see him live and you just they look even worse. Yeah. Well Big so Wesley Big Wesley's yeah. gonna be like a new player for them, having missed most of the season. Yeah, we well, missed more than half a season, yeah. Yeah, he did his ACL, so he'll come back in. So he'll be like a new signing. Um yeah. and I suppose they did have some problems with injuries throughout the year and um they'll get Tom Heaton back as well, which is a big in, I think. Mm. Um yeah, they, I think they just needed a bit more. I know they spent a bit last summer, but realistically, they weren't good enough. Um, no. So, so that, well, I think that, I saw some stat. Like I, I know they cherry picked the the stats and, and the cutoff times when they um, when they cut off these dates and um, and the time period. But what it was was I think they were like third or fourth in the most spent over like eighteen months or nineteen month period or something. Um, which yeah, it's rather shocking because you look at their signings, you're like who. Where have you spent that type of money? Yeah, like the team they went out with were Manchester United, Man City, um, and I think it was potentially Leicester who were up there as well. So over that that period, they looked at, but yeah, so at, yeah, we look at their, their those club signing compared to Villas, and it's just yeah, chalk and cheese. So um, yeah, same again. So a pass mark, um, a fail, and a achievement award. What were your thoughts? Uh, I think pass marks stay up. They just got to stay, They really just have to stay up. Anything above eighteenth, I think, is a great achievement. Um, I don't think they. I don't think they're going to be much better than last year. I'm genuinely surprised at um, how slowly they've moved in the market. I suppose yeah. the money is either going to come in for Jack or something because they've got a wealthy owner as well. But pass pass is staying up and foul is going down. Very simple for Villa, I think. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, all they have to do is is stay up, and um, I think I want to say that now. But if um, things change in the market, i.e., they lose Jack or they spend some money and bring someone in, I might reserve my right to change that. But yeah, I, I'm the same. I think they a pass mark is um, just staying in the prem. Otherwise, they will uh, be on their way down. Um, so on to brighter things. Brighton, fifteenth last year. Um, thoughts on them this year. Yeah, I think they, they did enough to stay up. They were good. A um, couple of nice ins for Brighton this year in Lalana and Lallana. Meltman. Yeah, mm. but it depends. It all depends, I think. if you Like if you can get Lalana in the team consistently uninjured, um, that's a big factor. Yeah. Because um, they're, they're not – like they've let go of some experience with Shane Duffy and Glenn Murray leaving. Um, and, of course, Aaron Moy, who was really like – not saying he's the most amazing football in the world, but he was the hub of the team. Like a lot of the good stuff went through Moy, and I think they're thinking Lalana's going to jump straight into that role. Yeah. Um, but if it doesn't work out with Lalana as an injury injury history, I think they could be in big trouble. What do you think? Yeah. So I think they are in trouble. So I think losing Duffy, Murray, and Moy is just yeah. Um, like if you look back last year, that was like the spine of their team and everything that was good about them. So I think they're in trouble here. Um, the the players that they've brought in um, 
yeah, are a cut below um, those three guys, I think. Um, so I think anything above not getting relegated um, would be a great outcome for them. Um, I know there's some time to go in the transfer window, but, yeah, I, th- I think they're in real trouble here. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, again, surprised by their transfers. I, I think letting go of that experience, um, it could really hurt them. But I don't know, maybe they've got more planned in the window. Um, potentially. But potentially, they did They yeah. did sort of... Um, they did sort of fade off towards the end of the season too, which is never a good sign. Mm. Um, the the next one is probably the easiest to pick where they're going to finish next year, Burnley. <laughs> why is why do you, I think I think they'll stay up. I think they'll probably slot in um, in that mid table. I don't think Daishi's boys are going to go down. I predicted them to go down last year because they didn't improve enough. But um, yeah, I, they just they just seem so solid, don't they? You yeah, so you think they'll stay up even though they've uh, got rid of Joe Hart? Well, they got rid of Joe Hart, Aaron Lennon, and Jeff Henrik, and I don't think I don't think any of those three will have a significant impact on them staying up or down. Yeah, that'll bring the average age down of uh, Burnley as well. No, I think this is the easiest one to to pick. I think they're going to finish mid table, really. I so they, they um, need to sign some players, but too. Yeah, yeah. Like I think all these are with the caveat that the transfer window is still open. But I think, yeah, they'll finish mid-table. Um, they'll be solid under Deich and um, and then that's it. They're easy, I think. Yep. No chance to sign Messi? No, I don't think so. He's not gonna really going to like living in Burnley, I wouldn't have thought. Oh, Deich um, should get the best out of him. Yeah, maybe. But one team who definitely can't afford Messi because they're blowing, <laughs> blowing a bunch of cash <laughs> is um, Chelsea. Your second team, Chelsea, yeah? Have a go. <laughs> Does austerity exist in London during COVID or are they just living on a different planet? Yeah, I think they're on a different planet, aren't they? They're that um, next level of like of money where, you know, you don't feel a recession top thing. Yeah. No, they don't exist with that of Brembridge wealth. Yeah, look, um, I th- they're, they're the uh, great unknown, aren't they, Chelsea? So I've, yeah. I'm tipping them to bottle it. Really? Okay. Yeah, Frank, yeah, Frank's a fraud, um, and I think they've they've brought in so many players. I just think it's gonna um, it's gonna disrupt things too much. And last year for me, Frank didn't appear to have a plan B. Um, yeah, like okay. it was all it was either all out attack, and they were beautiful going forward, but they never like learned how to defend, and it didn't seem to be a priority to tighten that defense up. Yeah, well, now it is with um, a 36-year-old Thiago Silva being brought in on a yeah, free. So yeah, yeah, and again, I think, I, I, think, I think that's got problems too because he was already having pace issues and I think it's only going to get worse. <laughs> but listen to these signings. Timo Werner, um, yep. Hakim Zayic, yep. Thiago Silva, yep. Ben Chilwell, yep. Marlang Saar, yep. and they've also got Xavier Umbayamba. Not across on Bayamba, but nah, he'll be good. To run, he'll be good for, someone else say his name. He'll be good for depth. No, <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think um, uh, the unknown is probably the best for, um, description for them, isn't it? Because things are either going. That's either going to click, and you're like, shit, they're going to challenge for a title, or it's just too much too soon, and I just say they're going to bottle it. Um, but I am going to go a title challenge from Chelsea, and they're going to finish short of that. They're going to finish third in my prediction, um, but it won't be a distance third. Like it won't, they won't be burnt by City and Liverpool's pace. I don't think um, in terms of points accumulation. I think they'll be close by in third. Um, really? A fail, 
yeah, a fail for them is outside the top four, I think. And, um, yeah, I think a pass mark is Champions League and then anything above that with some silverware um, is definitely a tick for Frank. What do you think? Uh, I, I think uh, pass mark is a title challenge, but I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they have it in them. Yeah. Um, I think I think they'll be I think they'll be up and down. I don't think I don't think Frank's got the uh, the tools in the armory to deal with all these new players. Yeah. Um, I think I think it was funny how quickly he was um, he was back in the youth, and then as soon as the transfer window opens, yeah. the transfer market opens, he just yeah. forgot about him. Um, yeah. I think Mason Mount's still waiting for him to give him a lift home from training. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think there'll be I think a pass mark is a title challenge. That's what Roman wants, and he wants it done. Um, with nice football being played on the way too, which Frank can do, but I just don't. I don't think that they're going to be a title challenger. I think they'll finish. Oh, I think they'll be up there, thereabouts in that you know third, fourth, fifth spot. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, look, they spent a lot of money, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do. But I don't. I don't think they'll pose a title challenge. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think yeah, as I said, it, it really could go um, one of one of two ways, but. Um, yeah, they'll have a great time playing in that weird shed that they call a stadium. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that brings us on to Roy's boys, hey Palace. Yeah. What do Still you in think? London. Yeah. yeah, well, um, I think I I read something interesting um, the other day with that um, Zaha is sort of somewhat um, rustling for a move, but um, the author of this document said that um, he's unlikely to get it because. Um, this is a good analogy that he is worth more to Palace than he is to any other team. So therefore, um, Palace are putting an unreasonable price tag on him um, that other teams can't necessarily pay or other teams don't believe he's worth that um, because, as I said, he's more important to Palace than he is to any other team. So that that really sort of rung true with me, I think, um, and I just can't see... Um, can't see him moving on from that, which is good news for um, Palace fans. But I think, yeah, they're just a bit, a bit underwhelming, Palace, um, and without any major movings in this um, transfer window, I think they're just going to lob up and do something similar to what they did last year, which was that lower sort of mid table. So yeah, fourteenth last year, and I'll, they'll be around that spot again this year. What, what do you think? Um, I actually, I actually don't mind Palace. So they started. The, there's a couple of things there that worry me about Palace buddies. They started the season last year quite well, and then the second half of the season was nothing short of diabolical, absolute shit. And I think I referred to an earlier pod where I think the second half of the season they only won like one or two games or something along those lines. Don't someone go and fact check that? I can't remember exactly the number, but um, that never bodes well when a team finishes the season poorly. Generally, they've keep going with that into the next season but they've Start signed it, yeah. they've signed easy from qpr who is a zaha like player um 20 mil so not a not a small fee 20, yeah. 20 mil and i think i think that's a really good signing for them because i don't like they they defend well they're not the most exciting team that's fairly one out with zaha like a lot of it's relying on zaha but i think with easy on the other side um they they're still like Roy's teams are always going to be solid at the back. They're not going to ship a great deal of goals. If they get a free kick or a penalty, they're a good chance to score with Milajevic. Um, yeah. I, I like them to sort of sit mid-table, not be threatened by relegation. Um, and I think I think a pass mark for them is mid-table. Overachievement would be sneaking into Europa League spot. 
and I, I don't think they'll be in a relegation battle. One other thing I just wanted to bring your attention to was um, Roy Hodgson is 73. What are you saying? He's got heaps of years left? or I think he's in his prime as a manager. Um, he was in the Crystal Palace youth team. He finished in the Crystal Palace youth team in 1965. Did he really? Just, That's amazing. Just let that sink in. <laughs> I didn't know he ever played for that. It's, anyway. such a, it's such a it's such a credit to him that he can reinvent himself yeah. this many times. And like they're still a good Premier League side. I don't think they'll have any problems next year. Um but yeah, I think I think they'll be there thereabouts in the mid table. What do you think? Yeah. No, it'd be good to see Roy get a bit um when he gets a bit more experience in the club <laughs> competition. He can, he can move into international management like some of those older managers. So <laughs> <laughs> he's going nowhere, Roy. <laughs> Uh, all right, these, these, this next team has been rather busy. Everton, a lot, a lot going on here, a lot, but it's really been one way at the moment. Um, we've got about 13 out and um, one in for sure, and then we'll touch on the, the next one in the, in the transfer chat, won't we? Yeah, they're linked with every man his dog right now, aren't they? In the last three days, I think they're going to replace their entire midfield. Um, Carlo got the phone book out. So if you'd have asked me this question a week ago, I would have said, I think they could get relegated. They're shy. No. Um, yeah. They just, it's, they're so like not cohesive as a team. I think they're terrible. But um, Carlo looks like he's going to dip into the transfer market. Decore, Rodriguez, and Hummus. Alan. No, so Alan. So three midfielders have come in. Two, like, um, it's a good balance too because Allen's more defensive, Decore's a bit of an everyman, and um, James will park himself towards the front of the pitch. Um, and I think that that resolves a lot of those problems with the square pegs and round hole. And I think you've got Tom Davies as well who can come in and do a job for you. Um, so I think I think they'll be pushing Europa. I think they'll I think they might surprise a few with that new midfield. What do you think? Yeah, will the yeah, well will the preseason trip um, and the team bonding be a little bit weaker this year now that Leighton Baines and his guitar has retired. <laughs> I'd say so. They, they got they, – I think um, Carlo's done a really good job, I think, in getting out – like not so much Leighton Baines, but like Schneiderlin, and he had to move him on. Cuco Martina was doing nothing. Niasi, again, was a failure as a signing. Um, Stecklenberg was hanging around. Like he's done a really good job at cleaning the place out, I think, without, yeah, well, without the, doing the, too much – yeah, this transfer window looks like they've they've had a clean out. As I said, there's about thirteen or fourteen um, players getting moved on. Schneiderlin had to had to go. I know he was on um, big wages. He's gone to um, they've moved him on to to Nice. But yeah, I think once he left, um, it, oddly he was at Manchester United for a short period of time. Um, but then yeah, he's got, he's really fallen off um, everyone's radar. Gone to Everton, didn't play a lot. Um, and then, yeah, now onto Nice. Worst places um, to go than Nice, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's true. Um, collect the <laughs> check and, and play in the Farmers League, why not? Um, uh, where do you think, what's right. a pass mark for Everton? Oh, for Everton, yeah, I, I think um, mid-table is, is, is where they land. Um, so I think a pass mark is probably 10th or above. What do you think? That's too low. I'm, th- I'm thinking too pass, mark, pass marks Europa. They've given Carlo some cash and now he's got to do something with it. Yeah, right. Jeez, you're going to have a lot of teams in your top 10, aren't you? Yeah, there's about 15 in the top 10, I think. <laughs> uh, that'll wash itself. No, that's a pass mark. I'll have, to, I'll have to think about where they'll finish. Not everyone's going to get a pass mark. Um, no, that's true, true. That brings us up to the relegation fodder that is Fulham. What do you think? <laughs> oh, come, on. <laughs> come on, mate. Yeah, no, this, will, this will be interesting. Um, so, but When they'll be yeah. confirmed as relegated. Um, sorry, go on. 
No, well, I, I think um, it's good to see Fulham, Fulham back in the the prem. Um, I'm not sure their stadium meets the Premier League standards. They got those weird poles in in the way where you can't really see, um, and they've got like the old turnstiles when you walk through their their ground too. So, um, yeah, I, well, obviously got promoted um, last year. I finished fourth in the championship and then got through in, in the in the playoffs in dramatic fashion. Um, nice little free kick to to get them through. So I think. Um, their goals will be simple um, and rather straightforward, and that would be to avoid relegation. Um, simple as that. They've they brought in um, a couple of um, three guys with um, Premier League experience from Wigan and couples from Southampton, which played Prem before, um, and they moved a few on as well. So, yeah, I think anything above um, safety is amazing for Fulham. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think safety has to be the goal. Um, couple of couple of things that make them slightly interesting are they've confirmed the signing of the championship's greatest ever player in Anthony Knockout, so he's joined them. He loves the championship, which I think tells me that he knows they're going down as well. Um, Tom Cam, legend, actually, yeah. he is an ex-Leicester legend. He's also, I think, he's an is it Brighton. Brighton. Brighton, yep. yeah, he was good there. I think he's a good player. Um, Tom Kearney is the other one. Tom Kearney, the captain, I think he can do anything on his day. Um, so if he plays well, potentially they can stay up. And the other big factor that they have, which I think gives them a chance if they want to go to a different style of football, is big Mitro up top. It is great to see Mitro back in there. Back in the prem, yeah. Yeah, he's going to um, chin someone early, isn't he? There was a lot of talk when they went down that he'd move on, but he stayed with them and then they, they bounced back up. But you spoke about their style of football. So um, will that style of football um, be okay in, in the prem or will they have to adjust? Because they play um, a bit of uh, Jogo Bonito, but will they have to play um, a little bit more direct and a bit safer now that yeah. they're in the prem? Fairly fairly loose interpretation of Jogo Bonito. I think that's been replaced with Tick Attacker now. Um, but uh, I think I think with Mitro, there's there always a chance for a goal. So if Scotty Parker, I know he's a favourite of yours, if he can tighten the defence up and stop from conceding, Mitro will steal you a goal here or there. So I think if they can get that down pat, then um, I think they can stay up. They were a little bit, they were too cavalier last time they were in the Premiership, um, Premier League. So I think that if they can sort that style out and just be a bit more robust, I think they're a good chance to stay up. But more than likely going down for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think they'll hover around there, and as I said, a pass mark up, or um, if they um, might slip on the other side of that and go. Down. So I know you're absolutely buzzing for the next one. Absolutely buzzing. <laughs> Leeds. What's oh, going on Bielsa, there? Bielsa's boys, eh? Hey. Yeah, there's a, he has not. He's been busy, hasn't he? Rodrigo yes. from Valencia. Big Robin Cock. Uh, they got a loanee from Man City. Jack Harrison. Yep. Uh, Helder Costa's joined from Wolves. Another good signing. And Sam no, Greenwood from Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, and no outs. So Strong. you got to you got to think Bielsa's keeping them up, don't you? Yeah, you do. I think it's the players seem to either love him or hate him. So as long as those players he, he brought in um, want to work for him, for him, I think they'll they'll do quite well. So finished uh, top of the championship um, last year and and did quite well and and looked pretty good. Um, yeah, it's obviously any team coming up is just wanting to survive, but I think they can do a little bit better than that. Um, I think they might even um, get up into that upper um, 
sorry, sorry, the lower um, mid-table spots. Um, so I think about fifteenth would be uh, something north of that would be great for them. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I think they'll survive. I don't think they'll survive comfortably, but I think um, I think Bielsa will be able to do enough to keep them up. I think they've got one of the best managers in football. As long we've as we've said that before, he's box office, isn't he? he You're is tuning box in. office, but he's also he's also a genius, um, which yeah. probably isn't realised. But if, like as you said, if he can keep the attitude and application of the players right, the tactically he'll sort that team out. Like he will have a strategy to a level of detail that won't be matched even by like your Pep Guardiola's of the world. So if he, if they can do if they can do the attitude and the application and you know dig the heels in tactically, he won't let them down. I think they'll stay up. I think he obviously I'm a unabashed fan of Marco Bielsa. And it's it's like, as someone who doesn't particularly like Leeds, um, I must admit it is nice to see them back because they are a team who had a lot of Australian players in our childhood and you sort of mm. always always had an eye on them. Um, and it was just such a spectacular failure, um, <laughs> which was great in its own way. But, um, yeah, I think, I think they'll stay up. Yeah, they were box office, weren't they? Um, back then, on what they were going to do, they were going to good. Win, win everything or um, go down in flames. And I think this team might be similar with um, Bielsa at the helm. But yeah, stay tuned on that. Um, he is box office. Um, so the next one is um, pretty easy to cover in terms of ins. Uh, Leicester City with uh, zero ins, um, <laughs> but they do have um, fifty million from um, Ben Chilwell, fifty million quid burning a hole in their pocket. So. Can you see them bringing anyone in, um, and will Brendy push on from last season? Well, they're at, they're at a um, they're at a tipping point, aren't they? They really need to decide where they see themselves. Yeah, agreed. Because um, they've they've got they've done well. well. Actually, last year they were like they were pretty unlucky to finish fifth. They were third for a long period. Um, they, yeah, they really ended up choking it. in the end. Um, but yeah, like they need to decide what sort of club they are. Like if they're gonna. If they want to jump into that upper echelon, they probably need to dip a bit more cash in. They've had some very shrewd business over the last couple of years with Harry Maguire, Chilwell, um, Mares. They've got some good money, and so they need to put it back into the side. Um, I don't, know, but it's, I suppose it's hard too because where do you where do you invest? Like, what do Leicester need? Yeah, well, I think that they need to um, they need a, a left back to replace Chile, um, I think, and they need some support for for Vardy. I don't think Ian Acho can can cut it, um, and I think they need a, a number six as well. So, yeah, there's a few spots, um, but the, yeah, as you say, they tend tend to get good fees for some of these players. Um, Chilwell is the most recent example, but you could go back to um, Mares, um, Drinky. Um, Harry Maguire. Drink water. <laughs> we, we got, I forgot we got about 40, him. 40 mil for him. So that was a great sale. Um, the century. Yeah. And, and Kante and, um, and Harry Maguire as well. So, I mean, they've got, they've got lots of those big sales going out. And, and yeah, it'd be great to see the, see the owners sort of invest back into the club rather than buying um, a beer and a donut for everyone on his birthday. But, yeah, I think if, if Leicester can achieve fifth again, I think that that would be great because the teams, all the teams around them have, have improved and improved further than Leicester have. So I think five would be an overachievement and I think Europa League would be a pass and anything under that is a fail. What's your pass mark, fail and um, overachievement for Leicester? I think, I think uh, a pass mark is Europa League. It's a must, I think. For Leicester, yeah. and if, they're, yeah. they're, if um if they don't make that, I think Brendy's in a bit of strife. Um, yeah. but pass mark, pass marks Europa. Where I think they'll finish is probably about there, 
but there's also yeah. a chance they could slide down if they don't like you have to keep evolving like they're they're good but if they want to stay good they need to evolve the squad a little bit and brendy's got some work to do i think in the off season um yep. when you get over for a game um, this year I you agree. think Oh, I don't. I don't think so. Not in this environment. Um, but oh, I would love to. Um, Coward. If, yeah, depends if they uh, if they um, open the gates again. Um, but we'll see what happens there. Um, but so that'll that'll do it for um, the first half of the EPL preview. So all you scousers and manks out there, um, tune in next week where we'll review the the second half. But we might move on to the Nations League because there are some big games here. Huge games. And so if we could just work out what the hell is going on inside the Nations League, um, we would be able to dissect this. But um, the, the first game, actually, that we want to have a look at um, is in um, – are you ready for this? It is in uh, League A. Obviously. Group 4. Simple as that. Ah, Group and 4. And it is Germany's, <laughs> Germany and, and Spain. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on that game? Big game. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of the Nations League yet. I don't know if I love it or um, I think it's like an international, a glorified international friendly tournament. It's like it could be so great, but um, I don't know. You can only you've only got an appetite for so much, don't you? I I I, I want to love it. Yeah. I want I wanted to I want to fall in love with it. I wanted to draw me in, but it's just it's not doing it yet. But um, we'll see how well England go, and then um, I'll soon jump on board. But yeah, so we've got um, League A, B, C, and D, and then within that there is seeded teams in each group, um, and probably the pick of the games um, is the the Spain Germany game. So you're going to tune into this, and um, are any of these teams going to play full strength squads? I uh, I am going to tune into this. I think there's enough going on there to to get to warrant my attention. Um, so Germany Spain. So Germany will be missing most of the Bayern team. Um, He's given him a rest after the Champions League run, considering that it was only, what, 10 days ago. Um, yeah, obviously they went so so deep they need to rest, don't they? Yeah, yeah so that's so that's that's fair enough. But he didn't rest the PSG players from the squad, which I found interesting, being Draxler and um, Kura. So I don't know what's going through Yergi's low head, but I know he's an interesting unit. So the thing that I'm most excited about is um, Leroy Sane has been named. And obviously he's had an ACL injury, and we haven't seen him for a while. We haven't seen him play for a while, but we have seen him. He was watching um, Bayern's Champions League games in the stands, um, wearing a Bayern tracksuit um, and had a mask on, chilling out there. So I've seen him, but yes, has, hasn't been playing. But he'll be interesting. He'll be good signing for, for Bayern um, once once he gets on the pitch. But it'll be good to see him um, actually play again because he, he did so well with um, Man City until he got that got that injury. Um but, yeah, I think um, Spain is struggling with some uh, coronavirus problems, aren't they? As in the country or the team or both? Because it, <laughs> it, seems, it seems quite bad for both. But um, somehow, like, the, the way to, stop, <laughs> to slow down Adama Traore, finally it's been discovered. Um, the big fella tested positive for COVID, so he's mm. not in the squad. Interesting. I wonder what it does to his lungs. Nothing? I don't know. Or... If it, how do you get through to his lungs? Yeah. You have to break through like muscles that don't exist. But the, the exciting thing about Spain is there's potential to have a midfield trio of Thiago, Rodri, and Fabian Ruiz going tomorrow. So if you love your tick attacker and you love seeing defense splitting passes, I couldn't think of a better midfield. Yeah, they they look they're all technicians, aren't they? It oh, should be good. Um, stunning. 
But yeah, I think I oh know it's, it's hard to make make of this game because, as you say, there's a lot of players um, missing. But I think any time um, Spain and Germany play um, these two big powerhouses, it, it should should be good, and there'll be a lot of decent players on um, on on show. And so the other teams in in that group. Um, uh, Switzerland and, and Ukraine. So I think they'll probably be fighting for um, third and fourth, really, um, with Spain and Germany um, fighting for first and second. But um, what we might do is move on to the next one, um, which is the Netherlands and Poland. It's a good so game. We, yeah, another, another big game. So we're still in League A, and this time we're off to Group 1, Netherlands-Poland. Yeah, so I think, sadly, you have to make a decision um, here because... Um, that's on Saturday at 4.45 Australian time. So if you watch that, you cannot tune into um, Gibraltar San Marino. No, that's later. You'll be all right. Um, <laughs> but no, I actually think I think this is this should be a really really good game as well. Um, you've got some very good players running around. Virgil van Dijk's expected to start. Memphis Depay is expected to start. Donny van der Beek's not. I'll explain why later. Um <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Babel, your favourite, he's expected to start. Good so, hair. Good hair, very good hair. Um, Poland are missing Lewandowski, but don't let that fool you. Um, they've still got some good players in there as well. So Zielinski will play, Piertek should play, um, Bednarek, Glick. So they're a solid enough team. So I think this will be a good game as well. Yeah, I agree. I think um, this will be a good game. I think um, I'm brave enough to pick um, the Netherlands to, to beat Poland on on this one. Um, Spain, Germany, I'm not brave enough to pick anyone in that game. I think, yeah, Netherlands are like full strength um, would beat Poland and I just don't think that they are um, weakened enough with um, some of these resting um, and rotations um, to not be able to get through. So I am tipping the Netherlands to beat Poland. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm double booked with um, the Gibraltar game, but that'll be good. So the other two teams in this um, in this league are Italy and Bosnia, Herzegovina. So, yeah, a, st- a strong group with um, with uh, Netherlands, Italy, Bosnia, and, uh, and Poland. Yeah, um, are you brave enough to pick a winner uh, of that group? Um, so I'm going to go with the statistics. So Dutch are unbeaten in their last seven, and Poland are yet to win in seven games against them. So all those sevens adding up to a Dutch win, I would say. Okay. Um, all right. Well, um, England going back to... Um, Probably one of their worst memories of international football. Um, they're they're off to Iceland. So, yeah, what do you make of that? Um, are they going to be traumatized from that, um, or will they get it done against the um, against the Icelandish um, in League A Group Two? Yeah. So. Um... Iceland owed England one from the invasion in 1940, so I think now we're square. Um, but, yeah, look, I think England's had a fairly unsettled couple of days, haven't they? Like a couple of players yeah, in, a couple yeah. of players out. Um, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Iceland could do it again. Yeah, I think um, the the squad they announced initially um, was missing a couple of names for um, very various reasons. Harry, um, he was missing, but um, but then um, there was like three or four changes to that squad as well. So, yeah, it, it is interesting to to see um, to see the the players that they brought in and the players that missed out for for various reasons. But um, your boy Jack's um, been named; he's been called up, so um, that that's good news. But I think um, England will still be too sharp for um, Iceland. Um, 
and I don't think they'll be intimidated by that weird clap thing that they do at the start either. That weird clap, that's culturally insensitive. It's a Viking clap, and it's very important to the people of Iceland. But um, no, it'll be interesting to see, it'll be interesting to see who um, Gareth picks because he's got Mason Greenwood in the squad too. He's got Connor Cody. Um, obviously, Jack's come in as well. So I don't know. It could be a fairly different England team than what we're used to. Um, hopefully, Mason Greenwood gets a few minutes. But like England have potentially such an exciting lineup they could field. Um, so I think it's worth tuning into that one. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the the England looking um, like young and, and fast and and fresh. I, I, like they um, they don't really have the burden of some of those huge names that they used to have, where they had to be picked and had to had to play all the time. So, yeah, I think it'd be good. Um, I'd like to see um, Jack get some minutes. I, I don't think he'll start, but um, be good to see him around the setup and and get some get some minutes. Um, okay, so we might move on to. Um, Portugal and Croatia in League A Group Three. The question on everyone's lips: Will the King play? I don't know. I don't think he will. Um, I think he's he's very conscious of his rest, so I don't think he'll play. So I think I still think Portugal have a pretty good team. I hope Bruno Fernandes doesn't play. I hope he rests. He needed a rest. Um, I think I might I might skip this one because I'm hoping that uh, hoping that the Portuguese rest Ronnie and Bruno. So once he sort of get through that. Um, yeah, Felix, and that's fairly handy side. But yeah, I think I think Croatia will probably have the doing here. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I, I'd love to see um, Ronnie play. I think he has had a couple of um, couple of weeks off, so hopefully um, he's fresh and, and wants to play. So he's on 99 international goals, um, chasing Ali Dair, um on 109. So he's only 10 goals away, and I. Don't think that he wants to let any internationals pass him by um, without banging some goals in. So I think he will play, and I think Portugal will be too strong. I'm really excited by um, Portugal's squad. They've just got yeah, just so many decent players um, to to come in, um, and just really strong midfield and a bunch of technicians in there as well, which I'm I'm excited about. So I think they'll be too good uh, for Croatia, um, and I think the uh, X. Barcelona midfielder Rakitic um, and his boys will not be strong enough for Portugal. There you go. Yeah. All right. So then Denmark, Belgium. What do you think there? Belgium smack them? Yeah, I don't know about smack them, but I think they'll beat them. Um, you look at the two squads and, and Belgium are much, much stronger. Um, and it'll be interesting to see um, if your boy Lukaku plays. Uh, like he he um, he went quite deep in the, the Europa League and played a lot of minutes throughout the year for Inter, so it'll be interesting to see if he plays. He's only had a week or so off, um, but yeah, I think they'll be they'll be too strong, too fast. Um, De Bruyne pulling the strings and um, Lukaku banging them in. So, yep, too strong. What do you think? Yeah, I think they'll be too strong. Um, I'd say Lukaku is banging them in. Hopefully for his team this time. Um, Hopefully, yeah, uh, uh, coming up on own goal, isn't he? Good yeah, he, is. he scored the winner in the Europa League final. Um, but yeah, no, look, I think they'll be too good for him, which is. Um, which is interesting, so I think we should move on to the transfer chat. Let's do it. Jesus, what a week, hey? This could Big be – it is – it's been huge. So where else to start than uh, this ongoing saga with uh, Mini Maradona? What, yeah. what's, what's going on with Leo Messi? His dad's landed to talk Turkey with Barcelona. Yeah. What do we know? Has anything changed? Well, I, I, I don't think so. I think – 
Um, my position on this has changed. So uh, I think a week ago I was like, there's no chance he's going. Um, he will end up with a pay rise and more power at Barcelona. But um, as this week sort of unfolded and they've moved on um, some players um, and some players have done quite well for them, to be honest. Um, and I mentioned Rakitic before. Yeah, I'm starting to lean a little bit towards or getting closer to a 50-50 position on this and whether he stays or goes. But, yeah, as you know, his dad flew in in the early hours um, yesterday morning um, into Barcelona on a private jet, flew in. I'm presuming that is either A, Barcelona paid for it to um, to keep him happy and, and make sure he's comfortable and make sure he's in a good mood, or B, he flew it in so he's got enough room to take all the cash home, one of those two things. Where are you leaning on this? So I imagine Messi's dad is in lockdown for 14 days as per what normal people have to do. Oh, no, no sorry, he's Messi's dad, so I assume he just got off the plane and went straight into the office. Um, yeah, so I, I think he still stay. Um, so the <laughs> I, I love the, the media coverage as well. So 18 Barcelona players weren't at training um, for Koeman's first session. Yeah. None of those players were expected to go to training. Um, the ones who went deep in the Champions League are resting. And ones who are a bit older, such as Messi, are resting. Um, so he's not expected back at training, and he's he's informed the club that he's not going to be there. So I don't. I think that's like poorly interpreted. I think he's still going to stay. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, and what are you giving a percentage on this? Are you a hundred? Are you at ninety percent? Oh, jeez, I love I love quantifying um, my, my own idiocy here. I reckon I'm eighty percent. He's staying at Barca. Like I just don't. Yeah, okay. I just can't. Like you're bringing in a 32 year old who's going to cost you an arm and a leg, and I think he's. I think he's too settled there. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I think um, the the one thing I read on the the Man City case um, was that you can sign for Man City for a boatload of cash, and then that will obviously um, impede their. Um, financial fair play regulations, which they uh, teeter on the whole time anyway. Um, but then also I was like, yeah, you're right, that doesn't really make sense. But the article went on to say that then um, he might be sold on to New York City and go and play in the MLS at the back end of his career. And that sort of made sense to me. And they also pointed out that what they can do is um, they can then get New York City to pay overs for him or a bunch of cash to then even out that um, fair play. Um, Genius. Yeah, yeah little, so he signs um, for the football group, problem. not the football club. Yeah, yep. And then you just shuffle in between there um, and shuffle the cash around to to get it done. So then after I read that, I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. And you can see that trajectory of his career, can't you? Like, mm. um, you know, had his peak years, and then he'll come to the prem and and win some trophies, hopefully, and 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 do quite well. And then yeah, sail off um, into the MLS and. And hang out in America for um, his final years, which you see so many players do. So, oh yeah, that that kind that whole move there kind of made sense to me. Finish at Melbourne City. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Oh, you heard it here first. All right, so let's let's cut this. Has been. Um, let's get on to the real news. So, Donny Van Der Beek has landed. What yes. a bargain! How much? Uh, I heard forty mil, which just seems too cheap for a man of Donny's quality. Forty mil and. He, he, yeah, and so the the most recent memory I've got of him is that um, that Champions League run that they went on um, not last season, the season before, where um, they did quite well. And I was sure that their squad was going to get picked apart that season, but it seems as though they've sort of hung together for 
um, a little bit longer um, with the exception um, of uh, Juve coming in and Barcelona coming in for the um, two of their players. But, uh, yeah, so now he's eventually moved on, which I think was coming. Um, so I think it's a good signing. And my other question to you is, does he start when they're full strength? And if he does, um, who misses out, Fred or um, Scotty the McTominay, the former 2018-19 player of the season? So Donny starts every game. So it's it's a nicely balanced outfit. So you've got Pogba will sit a bit deeper. Donny will go in between. And Bruno plays a bit higher. So I think he'll start every week. Poor old Fredgy misses out. Um, and Scott. Scotty Scott, misses out. Yeah, no spot for Scott. But I think Scott's a mank boy. He'll be all right with that. And he'll come on and he'll kick a few blokes and do what he has to do. Um, so a couple of things that people don't know about Donny van der Beek. Um, his partner is Dennis Bergkamp's daughter. So look forward to them breeding. Um, straight, into royal, straight into football royalty. Yeah, straight. And he'll turn into another United legend. But, um, no, look, what a signing. And this is why Ed was so calm. Um, it was It's good too because it's obviously it's a bit of a COVID discount. He was on his way to Real Madrid, but then COVID hit and everything fell apart. So it's a good signing. It fits with what we need. Um and it's good for Ed Woodward because finally he's got a transfer where it hasn't dragged on and taken eight weeks for them to say we've agreed terms but we haven't paid 50 agents and I've butchered it again. So he actually got it over the line calmly and quickly. Yeah, I just I think there's there's just going to be some rufflings um, within that squad. I think about um, game time. So especially in the midfield where to the point where I think someone might have, be, have to be moved on. So obviously you've got Donny who you mentioned just be um, brought in. You've got Scotty, McTominay, um, Matic, Pereira, Fred, Fernandez, Mata, Pogba, um, and then Messi Lingard as well. So like there's just too many players there. I think they, they move someone on and um, I think Messi Lingard might get moved on. Yeah, I think uh, Pereira, Lingard and potentially Fred might go on loan to Galatasaray apparently. So these things happen. So the big the big one, moving a couple of miles down the road, Shane Duffy's off to Celtic. Yeah, I was a bit shocked by this, weren't you? I think he did quite well for um, for Brighton. So, yeah, um, I am a bit shocked by this. And he's someone, he's a top player that they need, so Premier League experience, big, strong centre-back um, and has done it for a few seasons. So he, you'd think he'd be a prime candidate for, for someone like them. But no, he's moved on to, to Celtic. Um, I think if you're him, it's a great move because um, you can play a slightly different style of football um, up north um, and it'll just suit his characteristics. Like he's a big, big dude, strong in the air. So I think that'll potentially suit his um, characteristics a little bit better. And if you play for Celtic, you're probably going to win some trophies. So a good move for him, um, a bad move for, for Brighton and um, and Celtic come out looking good quite as well. What, what do you think on this one? Yeah, I, I couldn't get my head around it. I just don't understand it. I think he's a solid from Premier League pro. You don't get it from Brighton? From Brighton, yeah. I just don't yeah. understand it. Like It just seems like the opposite of what you'll be doing. But I'm wondering if the signing of um, Joel Veltman potentially – made him make that decision. He's like, oh, they've signed someone I might head off. I'm, but, yeah, it just, it just seems like a really unwise move to lose an experienced pro when you probably – like, I don't know if they think that they're not in that bottom tier anymore and that yeah. they're like, yeah, we can move him on and get some more class in there. But I, th- I think it's a weird move. I don't like it um, from Brighton's perspective. I think Celtic have got a good centre-half. And, um, yeah, he'll pick up the SPL this year. So congratulations. 
So <laughs> the big one. This is what everyone's been talking about. So um, this is one for the for the little guys. Um, Chelsea have sounds like they've picked up Kai Havertz for ninety mil. Going undergoing a medical this weekend. Yeah, um, you think that the medical these days is just um, a COVID test, really? Um, but yeah, more, more money spent by Chelsea. I, I just they yeah, obviously coming in off the transfer ban, which I think we touched touched on, allows them to spend this type of bread on these players. But yeah, sh- just shocking. Um, but what do you think this bring- means for Mason Mount? Well, it's not good, is it? I think it's just going to reduce his, his game time. But um, I think that just, just competition for places and it'll hurt his game time. But, like, what, what else can you do if you make some out? You, if you're at Chelsea, you, you've got to expect um, that they do this and, and bring these type of players in and there's competition for spots. So, yeah, it won't be good. But um, I think he still, he still plays a lot of games um, for them d- despite him coming in. But, yeah, I was, I was a little bit shocked by the fee. What do you think on the fee, ninety? Uh, I think you're getting a you're getting a player for potentially ten years. So I think ninety's ninety's pretty good. Um, I think if they tried to sign him, yeah. Well, I think if it would have been a couple of months ago, it probably would have been like one hundred and fifty. Like you're you're talking about um, like a player that has the potential to become one of the best players in the world. Like he is absolutely silky. Like and he looks a class above. Um, so I think you are signing a player who has the potential to be one of the top five to ten players. Five to ten players for in the world, yeah, yeah, for a for long time. Yeah. Um, and there's that that opportunity cost is obviously factored in for Leverkusen, where they're like, well, you're going to have to pay top dollar for this. Um, yeah. So I think I think it's about fair. It probably it could have been even more pre-COVID. Not that money is an object for Roman Abramovich, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but yeah, I think nine is okay, and I think they might get a player on loan too because Chelsea have a squad of about sixty thousand. But it is it is it is funny for me how quickly Frank turned his back on this young English talent that meant the world to him last year. Yeah, youth was fine when they're in a transfer ban, but hang on, now I'm out of transfer ban and um, I've got a boatload of cash to spend. So, yeah, um, yeah, he did change rather fast. But um, speaking of the the big part of town, Newcastle United they've missed out on Nick Wayne, haven't they? Yeah, I thought they were going to have a handy deputy for Joel Linton. Um, picking up Higuain, but uh, he's off to into Miami as well, I think. Hang out with D-Bex. Hang out with D-Bex. So, um, yeah, probably is, is he at that stage of his career? I think maybe it's a touch early, but I think, um, yeah, that, that league's obviously getting better and, yeah, why not go down to Miami, hang out with Bex, as we um, said before, and um, great place to live and collect the check. Um, I think, this is my prediction, um, and I'm not sure if there's a market for this, but he will go back to um, pre-inter body when he, um, <laughs> when he have you seen have you seen Wesley Schneider? Yeah, he's around. <laughs> that's, that's how I imagine Higuain's retirement going. Yeah, big and fast. Um, so speaking speaking of cashing a check, um, Gareth Bale considering a Premier League return. Yeah, well, this has been on the cards for a while. He has been considering it, but I think the problem's not on Gareth's side, I don't think. The problem seems to be on um, the Premier League side, or who can um, match those wages and then who's got enough cash to prize him out of um, his contract out at Real Madrid. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that um, he's looking to move to, to the Prem. I think that was coming for um, a while, um, even in Zidane's first stint there. So I'm not surprised by this. But who can afford him on the Premier League side? Who, who's 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 got the cash to do it? 
I don't, I don't care. Someone bring him back, please. Like he's just, I feel like we're missing out on some like the best years of his career. Yeah, he, he's just such a great footballer to watch him for flight. Like he's one of one of the best to watch in the world. Um, yeah, it's just such a disappointment having him sitting there on the bench making funny faces and playing golf. Like he, Gareth, start thinking of other people. Like we, we want to see you play. We do. You saw. You saw him. You saw some highlights the other day of um, he scored, scoring that bicycle in the Champions League, and you just think, "Fucking hell!" Like, can't believe he's sitting there rotting away, wasting that talent. But you can catch him um, against Finland um, uh, in this international round if you're missing out on some Gareth Bale. Um, so the next one's the next one's a bit odd. We have got a bit of a is it resting flavoring? Is it is it odd or is it just what the doctor ordered? So um, if you haven't seen this already, do yourself a favour and go and watch Triple H pleading with Declan Rice to stay with the franchise. <laughs> so, franchise. <laughs> I love I love the I love when he goes become a legend. It is one it's it's a tearjerker. So Declan Rice been linked with. Um, Chelsea quite heavily, I think, um, and they're going to overpay for him hopefully. So Triple Triple H put out an emotional plea for Declan to stay, and honestly, it's it is cringeworthy. Sit down and watch it if you haven't already. Yeah, okay. Um, so Declan is good mates with Mason Mount. They went through um, the academy um, together. So yeah, I think um, it kind of makes sense that they're still childhood friends. But what doesn't make sense is that um, Declan Rice is actually an Undertaker fan, so I'm not sure <laughs> that would help. But we will be sure to put um, Triple H's um, plea to Declan up on our socials, so stay tuned for that. Um, now, we touched on this one earlier. Um, Hames has uh, touched down in England and um, gone to Liverpool for a medical. So can, can we just clear it up? Now that he's landed in England, does it just become James? Yeah, or does it, a, is it Hames now for good? Like, did someone say, all right, no, because I, like, I heard that a bloke named James Rodriguez landed in London and headed over to Liverpool, um, yeah. and he's going for a medical at Everton. This is exciting, isn't it, for James Rodriguez? Yeah, well, I def- it definitely does um, become just James, I think, now that he's in. He's Jimmy. In, <laughs> yeah. Um, who were we watching uh, when we were over there, and it was really – it really struck me. Oh, um, Anthony Martial. So um, just clue the listeners in on um, what the British call him. Tony. Tony. Yeah, I <laughs> Tony. Flavoursome <laughs> yeah, French forward, Anthony Martial. And the, the, all the fans were just calling him Tony. 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 <laughs> but if, if Carlo can pull this off, like that's big. Yeah, big signing. Yeah, I think um, it'd be good for him too. He's going to play every week if he plays at um, Everton. So he obviously needs some game time. He, he went to Real Madrid um, after that really good um, World Cup with Colombia on, on a big fee, and he didn't really click there. I mean, he had some. He won some trophies as you're always going to do playing at Real Madrid, but it didn't really go really really well for him there. Um, unfortunately, got a little loan deal out to to Bayern, um, and a game was a sort of a bit part player out there. Went back to. Um, to Madrid, and yeah, I think he's ready for some game time. He's similar thing to to Bale, but not to that extent where you just don't want to see his good years um, be rotted away by sitting on the bench. So, yeah, good move for Everton, and good move for Jimmy too. I think I think this is this has the potential to be one of two things. It can't be an average signing. He won't do okay. He's either going to do exceptionally yeah, well okay. or yeah. exceptionally badly. Right. 
Beautiful. Um, all right, that rounds up uh, transfer chat so everyone knows what's next. You've got mail. You've got mail. So it's been a quiet week this week in the mailbag. I'm going to attribute that to the lockdown in Victoria um, and just so much going on in the transfers. Everyone's been too busy to send a letter in. Um, so we've only got one this week. So that's footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. And we've also got quite a significant presence on social media now because it's the 21st century. So Facebook, Football Played on Paper. Instagram, at Football Played on Paper. And we're even sending tweets now. So it's at Football on Pods. See that that's right. We that's right. We are on the Twitter. So on the, on the Twitter, which you can find on the World Wide Web. Um, <laughs> so we just got one email this week. Hi, lads. Uh, I'll continue to use hi at the start of my emails until Jobber puts out his email etiquette checklist. That's been accepted. I will put out an email etiquette che- uh, checklist so everyone knows <laughs> yeah. what is acceptable and not acceptable. Yeah, um, pictures of your pets not acceptable. Don't care. Um, anyone who's listening, stop doing it. I don't give a shit. Um, all right, so after Sean has mentioned a Spurs good spine they have in their team, this got me thinking, what is your favourite spine of all time? Or if you'd rather, your dream spine for a team to build off of? With me being a shell of a man with a weak core and poor lower back management, any advice or opinions you can offer in this area would be appreciated. Regards. Yeah, okay. Um so my the best the best spine, um, that's easy. You put um Smichael in goal, Casper, um, Libyan Tilrum at centre back, um, and then you put uh Zizu um in the midfield. And um of course you can't go past uh the divine ponytail, Roberto Baggio up front. So there's a strong spine for you in terms of football. Um in terms of core strength, um just simple. 100, sit, 100 sit-ups a day um, and some planks. That's all you need. What do you think, Job? So I, I have got a – I don't need to recreate one, so I've got one. Um, the perfect spine for me was uh, also a Schmeichel, Peter. Um, yeah. In front of him was big Yup Stam. So um, obviously Yup Stam's the best defender I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Just a mountain of a man. Um, and then Roy Keane in front of him. Roy Roy Keane was a nutcase, but what people don't realise was um, Roy Keane probably had the best pass speed of that generation. Like, unbelievable yeah. player. Like, if mm-hmm. you look at the stats and you're like, oh, he's got so many goals and assists and it's not going to look that good. But the amount of times that Roy Keane played the pass to set up the move, like, it's just outrageous the way he moved the ball. Um, and then Andy Cole up front. And, and in, oh, oh prime Andy Cole. He was the fox in the box, the ghost at the post. It was amazing. That was the best spine, and it still is the best spine I've ever seen. That team won everything. If you're listening out there, that's a treble, guys. That's a real treble. Um, that was. And regards to your, your Quasimodo-like stature, Sam, I can't help you. Um, I don't have a strong core myself. Um, but thank you for the email. Um, that's footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. Um, and I think that'll do us for this week, Sean. I don't know worries. I will file that email and we will talk to you next week with the rest of the preview. See you guys.